Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. Take your Bible and turn to Proverbs chapter 3. I'll show you an 18-verse summary of what the Bible promises people who believe it and obey it. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. Proverbs, the third chapter in the first verse. My child, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you'll live many years and your life will be satisfying. Everybody say many years. And then say satisfying life. Yeah, so it's not live until you're 110 at Sunny Acres Rest Home, wishing you had died 20 years before. It's not just a long life. It's a long, fruitful life. You'll live many years, and your life will be satisfying. And I know this is a review for many of us, but we have so many new people coming in that I, and it should stay that way as long as the church remains. I want to reset some of these things. Again, this is the Word of God. It speaks in absolutes. It's not, well, yeah, I know it says that, but don't, you're not supposed to actually like take it literally. No, it says long life. And then a life worth living. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and man. Everybody say God and man. The Christianity I grew up with, you found favor with God, but then people hated you. You know, my friends don't like me at work because I'm anointed. No, you're annoying. Not anointed. So... When you, when you live the Christian life, yeah, you're going to have enemies. You have enemies if you don't live the Christian life. People, people don't even like themselves. So then they take it out on you. That has nothing to do with being a Christian or not. There, there's persecution and fighting for anything you endeavor to do in life, saved or unsaved. Anybody that's here that wasn't a Christian for very long and you, you, you ever did anything in business, if you go to acquire property or build a building... You'll have enemies that don't want you to build the building, enemies on the city permit board, whether you're a Christian, Buddhist, atheist, or not. People just don't like forward advancement. But then the Bible says there's a grace that comes on you when you serve the Lord that it causes you to have favor with people. Jesus, at 12 years old, had the top teachers sitting and listening to him, wanting to hear what he had to say. Everybody say favor with man, and you'll earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Seek his will in everything you do and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Okay, so here's my part. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And then the Bible says, if I do that, what do I get? Then you will have... Healing for your body and strength for your bones. Everybody say healing. And then beyond healing, strength. So it's not just a promise for when you get sick, God will heal you. It's that God will keep you strong. The Bible says, as your days are, so shall your strength be. Can you say amen? Verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth. So fear the Lord, turn from evil, honor the Lord with your wealth. Offerings are not something 
The tithes and offerings part of the service is not something churches created. You know, you even hear like seasoned Christians say that kind of stuff. Well, you know, that, it, how many know it costs money to do what that church does? So that's not why God instituted the tithes and offerings. He owns all the silver and all the gold. He doesn't need help from people to advance his cause. God created that financial part of the Bible because it says if you'll honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Say that with me, the best part. So you don't give God your trash and expect his best. Find some wrinkled you know, dollar bill or $5 bill in your purse or handbag or whatever and kick it in the offering. You know, there's churches, they, they have a box at the back. And if you go, you rarely see anything. There's like all ones and one five. And the five was put there by accident. Because, and it's not the people's fault. It's not because people are cheap. Malachi chapter three, when the Bible says, wherein have you robbed me? In the tithes and in the offerings. That was not a rebuke to the people. That was a rebuke to the priests. Because they weren't teaching the people about the financial end of the covenant. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Why? Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Everybody say overflow. So the Bible clearly teaches there and in a thousand other places. There's about 500 scriptures on faith, 500 on prayer, and about 2,000 on wealth, increase, financial increase, stewardship, land acquisition, on down the line. That when you put God first in your money, honor God with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Now, we know the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, but he wrote it through 40-some authors. Who wrote Proverbs? Not everyone at once. Who wrote Proverbs? King Solomon. Solomon was the richest man who ever lived. So all these guys that write books, and I'm not saying you shouldn't read them, on wealth, you know, because they've had a good 10-year run or 20-year run and some things that they've learned, that's great. This is the richest man who ever lived telling you in a book, Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, what he did that took him from not being the richest man to the richest man in all the world. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then God will fill your barns with, with grain and your vats will overflow with new wine. So when a church teaches or a preacher teaches you that when you participate in the tithes and the offerings that you can expect an increase personally, it's not something they've made up. It's written right there in the word of God that God did not institute the tithe and the offering to increase him. He can't increase. He's already the most high. He can't get any higher. He owns all the silver and all the gold. He's not hoping I kick in 10% of my paycheck so he can pay the light bill in the new Jerusalem. Or a part of heaven needs rewired or they've run into construction problems in one of the ends of heaven as, as they're building the, the condos or whatever. No. He's teaching a principle that if I'll honor God with my best and the first part of everything I produce. Now, that principle, the law of first things, that's all through the Bible. Firstborn cow, firstborn sheep, firstborn son, first hours of a new week, Sunday, today is the first day of a new week. We're in the first hours of that day. Where did you decide to be today? 
Church, I'm going to tell you another thing. When you decide to order your life, one of my friends I was talking to that's here today, I didn't invite him to church. He told me. I went to my boss and, and, and told him I'd like to have 10 o'clock off so that I can go to church. Okay, what are you doing now? Even you being here doing, and, and all of you have a story like that. It's not like there's non-busy people here. Chuck's a barber. He could be cutting hair. People need haircuts on Sunday morning. Waking up out of a hangover, and they realize they need some help. This is prime haircutting time. Chick-fil-A could be selling sandwiches. This is prime fried chicken selling time. But what are you doing when you order the first part of a new week and say, no, I'm going to be in the house of God. You're taking dominion over your life. I'm not getting run around all week doing errands. I'm a God first, heaven first, word of God first individual. And now you're taking the reins of your life. So congratulations. And then it's the same with your money. Money gets out of control if you're not in dominion over it. I have all these bills to pay. But when you, just like you parked you're behind in church and said, no, I have a lot of things to do, but I'm taking dominion over my time. When you return to God in the tithe and the offering, you're taking dominion over your money. God first. God is the simplest being to figure out. He's not complicated. He just wants to be first. He just wants honor. Honor me. Give me your best. The best of your time. The best of your wealth. The best of your talent. Which is what you do when you give. It took the best of your talent to produce the money you give today. That's why it's tough for people to let it go. You didn't just happen upon money. You, you developed a skill and a gift and then worked hard and got up when you felt like not getting up and worked when you didn't feel like working and built things in the heat. But then that's why it has value. Because when you come to God's house and say, here, the talent that you gave me and what I produce, I'm acknowledging that it's you that gave it to me and I'm honoring you. When you do that, God says, okay, you gave this to me. Did you ever have a child four, five years old and they gave you money and it's like five bucks, four ones. Somebody gave them a $2 bill and they gave it to you because they love you. Immediately when that child gives you that money, What's the first person you're thinking about spending it on? Them. Okay, I'll take this. And I'm going to add something to it. And I'm going to bless you because you, you honored me. Well, God, what did Jesus say? Matthew 7, 11. If you fathers being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to all who ask? If you fathers who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts, not meet the needs? Then your barns will be full of grain. What do barns full of grain mean? It means before the need arises, the provision's there ahead of time. And your vats will overflow. Everybody say overflow. Yeah, that's, why that's what I titled our, my first book I wrote, Financial Overflow, because I can't think of a better word for it. Overflow, you don't worry about there being enough. You, you worry about what to do with the spillover. And God said the only requirement is to put me first in your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. And if you do, you'll never have a, a concern or a prayer request about lack or need. That's what Solomon said, richest man who ever lived. Now, does that principle still work? You're going to have a rough time explaining Chick-fil-A if you think that principle doesn't work. 
And I've used them as an example. Closed on Sunday. And they tithe. And they have no, I'll give you a third disadvantage they have. They're not only closed one day a week, while other Burger King, McDonald's, Arby's, all open seven days a week. Did you know Chick-fil-A has no 24-hour stores at all? They all close 10, 10 o'clock, 10.30. So not only, not only are they at a one-day disadvantage, they're at a 12-hour disadvantage to the other restaurants that are open 24 hours. And what is, per franchise, the highest revenue store? By far. McDonald's is in second place at 3.3 in there, 3.3 to 3.7, and Chick-fil-A at 4.1 per franchise, with less franchises getting ready to be the most uh, uh, gross revenue of any fast food franchise. How? With less, no 24-hour stores closed on Sunday when everybody is wishing they were open, including me. I always said if Chick-fil-A ever decided to open on Sundays, I would criticize them publicly and eat there every Sunday. Because I've gone to eat there before on Sunday. I forget like once a year. I pull in, look, there's no line. And then Adonis goes, yeah, it's Sunday. There's nobody here. It's locked. Well, did you ever think that that man, Truett Cathy, who was a Christian, decided when he stumbled onto that and saw the growth? Oh, no, we're not backing off of that. Then he had, very famously, one of his store owners in Washington, D.C., that produced the third most revenue of any Chick-fil-A. That owner told his people, they're not going to shut me down. Money talks. I produced the third most money for, for Chick-fil-A of any store. You think they're going to shut me down? So he opened on Sunday. As soon as the old man found out, he shut him down. Why? Because like Solomon, like David, like Moses, like me, like anybody that's tapped into this, you realize it's not the money that's my blessing. It's the principle I found in God's word that I'm honoring. And I will never sell out that principle for the rest of my life because that's unlocked a door that no man can shut. If you receive that today, go ahead and clap your hands like you're already doing. Somebody shout overflow. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. And this is talking wisdoms with a capital W. This is not university wisdom. This is not YouTube tutorial wisdom. This is God's wisdom. God, say this with me. Say God's word is God's wisdom. Okay. So when you devour this book, believe it and live by it. Not just read it. Order your life to it. What does it guarantee you? She offers you long life in her right hand. And what's the second part? These branches teach people that if they'll listen to the Bible, God will make them rich. Yes, the Bible teaches that. So you're welcome to say, I don't believe the Bible. I can't change what you believe, nor do I have an interest. This is not Pakistan, where if you don't believe what we believe, we kill you. This is not, we don't do that. That's not Christianity. You're free to believe what you, you're free to write to me on YouTube right now in all caps with misspelled words, false prophet, P-R-O-F-I-T, False, F-A-L-Z-E. You can write whatever you want. 
People are allowed to express insults or differences of opinion harshly expressed. But you cannot say that the Bible does not teach that honoring the Lord with your wealth carries no financial benefit for the person who does it. And you can't say that sometimes, well, we're, I'm just saying that you can't make that a universal thing. Oh, yeah? Do you read the word Bob before that verse? Or Gary? You know what the Bible means when it says no scriptures of private interpretation? It means what I say to one, I say to all. Acts chapter 10. God is no respecter of persons. You know, when you preach like this, some people call it an American gospel. One more time. How many of you are here for what no eye has seen? Most of the speakers were from what, what continent? Africa. Try preaching that stuff in Africa. They preach it. And they have bigger, nicer churches that command more resources than American churches. They have first world churches in third world countries. So God's word is universal. It works anywhere, in any region, in any economy for the person who decides to work it. And nobody can change it. Janet Yellen can eat all the psychedelic mushrooms in China she wants. They can mess with the economy. You cannot change God's word. And when you start participating in God's word, you get on your own path. I will exalt you above all the nations of the world. The heathen will see you and know that you're a people claimed by God. And they'll stand in awe of you. That's where I see you going. That's where the people of this church are going. They're going higher and higher. The Republicans won't be able to take credit for it. The Democrats can't take credit for it. It's the word of God that's living and active in your life. Somebody say long life. How many of you know we could die at any time? I'm not dying. Not right now. I haven't lived a long life. Long life and riches and honor in her left hand. She'll guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. I'm going to read a scripture with that, and then I'll tell you why I'm reading it. Exodus chapter 36, verse 2. They're building the temple. So Moses summoned Beziel and Aholia and all the others who were specially gifted by the Lord and were eager to get to work. This is Exodus 36, verse 3. Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary, but the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work. They went to Moses and reported, The people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. Say one more time, more than enough. Somebody say overflow. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Let me see in the King James. Verse 6. And 6. And Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the, of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it, and too much. You read that scripture, and it's so different than the ch church offerings I received. There was never enough. 
we just need more. You know, they're getting ready. They're going to turn. I mean, they were going to shut the, the power off at the one church I was at because they didn't pay their bills. We just need if some people could give. Preachers were always coming from lack. But you read in the Bible, the Bible says it came in the hearts of the people to build the temple. And they gave, and there was plenty, and they wouldn't stop giving. Till finally Moses had to give a commandment. Stop giving offerings. And the Bible says they could scarcely restrain the people from giving. Now, why do you think that might be? Same reason you want to be able to get me to stop giving. I want to care if every minister that and ministry that we support said, we already have enough, please stop giving. I'm not giving to need. In fact, if you're in need all the time, I don't give. Why are you always behind? Something's wrong. I don't give to help a minister. I give where somebody is getting the word of God out, winning the lost, casting out devils, healing the sick. I don't give to help them. I give to help me. And I would have to guess that's why the people kept giving. They said, I'm sorry that you already have enough for the temple, but I've been seeing God's blessing overtake me since I started this, and I'm not going to stop giving. And did you know, in 18 months, we've already turned into that kind of church. I'm going to read what I posted online. I post this to encourage pastors as to what is possible in God and to discourage the charging of tickets for the hearing of the word. What no eye has seen 2023. In eight days, 2,476 unique individuals attended the conference. If you're watching from the city planning board, that wasn't at once. That was total attendance. In eight days, 989,564 dollars and 61 cents, that's just shy of a million dollars, was shown to other ministers, ministries, future evangelistic efforts, and gospel campaigns in America and Africa. That's in eight days what this church plus you gave out, not to this church, to Bishop Dag, to Ted Shuttlesworth. You know, Ted Shuttlesworth is doing that uh, tent meeting in Buffalo, New York, in the inner city, total outreach. He was believing for enough to come in to pay for that. Triple what he needed for that tent meeting came in from one, one night's offering. In eight days, $1,596,619.65 was given by the live and online congregants of Revival Today Church. So that's not counting what we gave as a church because we gave over half a million dollars out to other ministries that week. In eight days, those participating in the conference gave $2,196,184.26 in free will offerings, not counting what was given by Revival Today as a ministry. Thank you for your record-smashing giving. And then I wrote, hashtag million dollar offerings, billion dollar flow. Now, to put that in perspective, look what presidential candidates have been able to raise in a quarter. Most presidential candidates either have not been able to raise that amount of money in an entire quarter, three months, or just over that. That wasn't in a quarter, that was in eight days. So we are actually living in Exodus 36 where somehow the people of Pittsburgh have caught that revelation that if I give 
to put God's house first. God will bless my house and my business. And now we're starting to see the breakthroughs come out left, right, and center of people's businesses going to another level. Do you know why that is? Because before Jesus comes back, the top businesses and influencers aren't going to be demon-possessed people that fund abortion. They're going to be great men and women of God that promote righteousness and peace and families and marriage and everything that makes a nation strong. Those aren't some people out there somewhere. You can make up your mind today. I is those people. I am one of those that participates in the covenant. And my family and I are blessed. If you believe it, can you say amen? Those, those are amazing offerings. And then how many of you were here when we sowed a million dollar check from the church? What was the word behind sowing that? Million dollar offerings, billion dollar flow. We had never, okay, we had had one million dollar week in 20 years. And we've had three million dollar weeks since we sowed that million dollar check. Man, it's great to be lucky. No, I don't believe in luck. Say two words with me. Say cause, say effect. That's right. Seed time and harvest. What you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. What was the thing you heard me tell Pastor Rodney when I gave him the million dollar check? I'm not doing this to help you. I'm doing it to help who? Me. And that's what I did. And I'm only saying this to set an example for you. Because if you acquire property and you're going to build a building that can seat three or 4,000 people, the normal thing to do is to tell all the guest speakers, I'm sorry, we can't give right now. We have a big thing we're doing. And if you could come be a blessing to us. And instead, I did the exact opposite. So the biggest seed you ever have. And now, it's a, it's a different world. Because what you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. Watch what happens if you be, so I say that because whatever the budget was for this month, you know, we're getting to the place, as big as our budget is, we're about half a year ahead. So if you think I'm coming here pounding the offering, first of all, I'm not pounding the offering. He took 30 minutes on the offering. No, we're going to take about two and a half minutes on the offering. This is letting people know what I wish somebody would have let me know in the 18 years I grew up in church. Where the totality of the teaching I received was, the brethren are coming to receive the offering. Nobody told you anything about what's in it for you, what God expects, what you're supposed to do, what he said he'll do, so you can't actualize your faith. So I take a little time and teach on it. Half an hour out of the 168 hours a week, and you're going to spend the majority of that time going out and working. So that you can have some word with you. That I'm not going out here doing some fruitless endeavor. The hand of God is on my endeavors. He's blessing all the work that I do. While other companies are shutting down, I'm going to be multiplying and taking over other properties. Because I'm not like everybody else. I have a covenant with God. If you believe it, can you say a loud amen? Thank you for your generous giving. You know what the Bible talks about in the New Testament? Where Paul said, your generosity is becoming known all over the world. To that one church? That's what's happening here. You don't have to grab people by the ankles at this church and shake them up upside down to get, get the money out or beat it out of them or come up with some, you know, we, we really need a roof. Or, you don't have to do any of that. People love God. You're, you're Exodus 36 people. 
Not only do you not need to be talked into giving, when they tell you to stop, I guarantee you, if I said right now, we're not receiving any offerings today. People would still sneak a couple in. I would, because I'm not giving. I'm not giving to help a ministry. I'm giving. The ministry receives it on behalf of God. I'm giving it to let God know this little boy has not forgotten who, who did everything in my life. And the more you increase me, the more I send back to you. Give you the opportunity to tithe and, and sow seed. RevivalToday.com. You can click give now. RevivalToday.com. Click give now. And then if you'd like an envelope, the ushers have them or they were on your seat. There's all the ways to give on that screen. Pretty soon you'll be able to give XRP after that rolling. If you want to mail it, if you're watching online, I would like to appeal to people that are watching on TV and on the YouTube. Because I've been in the situation before where you wanted to sow something large but the places you're surrounded by, you knew it would be bouncing seed off of asphalt. You have the opportunity to connect what you have with a place here that's getting the job done, and you will see an increase. You're not going to have a, somebody that says, I don't believe in prosperity. You're going to have somebody that has their faith joined with you to see a hundredfold increase. I'd like to hear from you from all over the world, because there is somebody watching me right now. You've been holding on to a seed, and you don't feel to let it go where you normally, because it's not right soil. And the Lord's speaking to you right now. RevivalToday.com. Click Give Now. You can mail it. Revival Today, P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. If you don't want to leave half your money to the government when you die, you can set up a will on churchwill.com. And if you'd like to, to include Revival Today and what you leave when you pass, you're welcome to do that. We won't know. So just giving you the option. That's free and legal. All right, guys, get a praise song ready. Hold your seat up before the Lord. Father, I pray that these testimonies we're beginning to see take place. Where people's businesses are going from local to regional, regional to national, national to international. I pray that it would be the order of the day for people who attend Revival Today Church. That they increase and multiply. That everything, what your word says in Deuteronomy 8.18. Everything they put their hand to is blessed. In Jesus name. We thank you for it and we give you praise. All God's people said. One second before you receive the offering. When I told you that we're, about, we're get, edging up on six months ahead. It's not because we don't know what to do with the money. What does the Bible say? I'll fill your what with grain? Storehouse. John Osteen, Joel Osteen's father, said you don't have to live off the bottom of the barrel. You can live off the top of the barrel, and you only have to fill the barrel once. So that's a Bible principle. That's why you never hear us come and say we have a need, because we have faith for a storehouse. You don't have to wait till you're in crisis to use your faith. You can use it ahead of time. So it's not that we don't know what to do with it. 
But it's why you always just hear, we're moving into this building. We're moving into this property. Because there's no pre- there will never be any financial pressure put on anybody in this church. Raise your hand if you've ever received a private text message from me asking for help. Yeah, you might have received something on Instagram from a Jonathan Shuttleworth or Jonathan Shuttleworth 1, but it ain't me. I don't have any orphanages. I don't know any orphans. That's a scam. No, you never have and you never will. Don't pay anybody a visit at their house if you could bless. I hate that with every fiber of my being. It's not scriptural. Let each man give as he's directed by the Spirit, not reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. As much as you have conservative churches preach against what Democrats do, they're basic, they operate just like Democrats. They find out somebody in the church has some money and go pay them a visit and tell them to pay their fair share. But you don't know any, people should never be entitled to what you have. Even God doesn't take it. He wants it given out of love. Amen? Who would want a card from their spouse? Listen, I didn't feel like getting you anything, but it is our anniversary, so here. You don't even want it. So when you attach love, it's what gives the value. Amen? All right, God bless you as you give. Go ahead, rock it. You can be comfortably seated. Well, if you follow our church online, then you already know our title. And it's not clickbait. I wrote online that I'm going to preach one of the most important doctrinal messages that I've ever preached today. It's entitled, No Dry Seasons, No Valleys, No Defeat. No Dry Seasons, No Valleys, No Defeat. I want you to say that with me. Say, No Dry Seasons. Say, No Valleys. Say, No Defeat. When I had our youth stand up earlier, I remember coming back from that camp that I referenced. I worked one week at the camp as a counselor for the younger teenagers, and then I was there as a camper myself, and we had powerful meetings. My dad was the speaker. I had, I had already been saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, but I, had, I got shaken up by the power of God at that meeting. And I came back, as did many in our youth group, with the, a term they would call on fire for God. And... and uh, we were singing loud. This was after, after you left. We were singing loud, and the whole youth group was worshiping. It was a fairly dead church. When I say fairly dead, I mean extremely dead. So when our youth were singing, it's like, here, you could sing as loud as you want. Nobody would notice. But when we were singing, people noticed. So the pastor got up when the song service was over, and he said, isn't it great to see our young people return so on fire from camp? But how many of you know you can't stay on the mountaintop? You have to go back into the valley. Now, I'm only throwing this in because I've noticed this as a pattern when people don't believe the message of faith. At that time, he was having an affair with the worship leader, and then he ended up losing everything. Ran the church into the ground, out of the ministry. He's no longer with us today. So people's doctrine matters. If you expect defeat, you're going to get a lot of defeat. And when he said that, I didn't have the scripture or the doctrine on it. It just hit my spirit wrong. I thought, what? So God did all that these last two weeks to then have me go back into some valley, whatever, and get my butt kicked by the devil. I don't believe that. I don't believe God did what he did 
for no reason to, to lose it all. I believe he gave me something. I want you to say this with me. I can keep what God gave me. Now, over the last two weeks, many of you had the most powerful encounters with God you've ever had. I want to tell you the opposite of what that man said. What did Paul tell Timothy? Timothy, you got a gift when I was with you. You're going to lose that gift and be overcome with fear. No. He said, Timothy, remember, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and soundness of mind. Now stir up the gift in the Amplified. Fan into flames the gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. You know what that means? Number one, I can keep what God gave me. Number two, I can take what God gave me, pour gasoline on the fire, and increase it. That's what I want you to do. I want you to make up your mind today. Thank God for everything that he's done. But the best days are not behind you. The best days are yet to come. If you receive that, go ahead. Take 15 good seconds. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God. Say it nice and loud. No dry seasons. No valleys. No defeats. Life is not meant to be a series of crises. And life is not meant to be a cycle of crisis to miracle to crisis to miracle. You can go practically from glory to glory, victory to victory, and strength to strength. That's what the Bible says. Turn to Joshua chapter 1. This scripture changed my life. And I want, all, you know, even if you've been coming to the church since Sunday number one, you're still new because the church is new. This church has had no setbacks. Not that no one's tried. People were sent by the city to count heads during the, the conference to try to shut the meeting down. But we were in compliance. And those individuals should be careful because my attorney has a record of how many other businesses have been visited to count heads and it's zero. So that's an open and shut discrimination case. Be careful. Never thought we'd see a day where people would rather there be a vape shop than a church. But we're here, but they can't stop it. People get upset, but the, the church, when you line yourself up with God's covenant, you are in an ever-winning, ever-upward trend. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua, the first chapter. This scripture changed me. This is what God said to Joshua, and he didn't tell him, now don't write this down, this is between me and you. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and God said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I've given to you. From the Negev wilderness in the south, to the Lebanon mountains in the north, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Th say this out loud. Hold, I'm not, I'm not going to pull a, a John Osteen, but I will for a little bit. Hold your Bible up and say, this is my Bible. Say, this is what God said to me. Yeah, These things aren't written so you can read a story like about George Washington Crossing the Delaware. This is God. What I say to one, I say to all. Wherever you put your foot, you'll be on land that I've given to you. 
No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. How many? Now, it doesn't mean they won't try. The Palestinians fire rockets all the time into Israel. Do they even have to cancel school? No. God's given them technology that blows the rockets out of the sky. And that one PLO terrorist told the New York Times, anytime their Iron Dome system misses one of the rockets, we watch as their God changes the direction of the rocket. That's his words. No one, it's not that nobody will try. It's that no one has the capacity to enforce what they say they're going to do. Ask Goliath's head. If you come to me, I'll feed you to the birds. They, oh yeah, they can threaten. The devil's king of running his mouth. But when it comes time to actually throw down, he doesn't have the capacity to take you out. I prophesy in the name of Jesus today, the last defeat that you saw will be the last one you ever see in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that with me today, let your amen be the loudest. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. They went to push Jesus over a cliffside, and he walked right through, and the Bible said nobody dared lay a hand on him. That's the Bible. Then you have people, I, I don't know, it's like people read half the Bible. Well, Jonathan said, first of all, Jonathan didn't write, that's why it's called Joshua, not Jonathan. I'm just yelling what God said. Jonathan said, you don't ever have to lose, but Jesus was crucified. Keep reading. Paul was thrown in prison. Keep reading. Paul was shipwrecked on an island. Continue reading. Never mistake a challenge for a defeat. Never mistake a challenge in life for a defeat. Never let somebody rear their head and tell you what they're going to do. They're not in charge of your life. When you become a blood-bought Christian, God's hand is on your life, and God's in charge of your destiny. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will never fail you and I'll never abandon you. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Don't deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in almost everything you do. What does it say? that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Verse 8. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and you shall have good success. In the New Living Translation, you'll be successful in everything you do. There's nothing God calls you to that he's ordained you to fail. I mean, you know, sometimes God has us do something and he's teaching us a lesson. No, no, no. God teaches through his word. God doesn't teach through cancer. God doesn't teach through bankruptcy. God doesn't teach through broken homes. You can learn a lesson going through that. But God's word is the lamp unto your feet and the light unto your path that he uses to teach. That he uses to make the simple wise. Say one more time, no defeat, no dry seasons, no valleys. Now, that's what God told Joshua. If you do what I tell you to do, 
You'll never lose. I'll give you good success in everything you do. I'll make you prosper. As easy as it was to go bankrupt and lose money, that's how easy it will be for money to come to you when you start obeying the Lord. It creates a foundation. You've never seen me on Judge Judy being sued for a couch by a girlfriend. I don't live that way. I'm on a different path. Everybody say I'm on a different path. Yeah, people, well, we all live in the same world. Yes, but there's different paths. There's a broad way that seems right unto men, but the end thereof is death and leads to destruction. And there's a straight and narrow path, the highway of holiness, that the blessing of God flows like a mighty river. I don't have to ask you which one you've chosen. Something got you out of bed today to say, I'm not like everybody else. I'm not going to live like everybody else. I'm going to live my life according to the word of God. Now, classic Pentecostal church would just leave it there with me shouting in the organ. I'm going to live for Jesus. But I'm throwing in the second part. That in making that decision, I'm choosing a reward. Because God is a rewarder of pastors. No. Of all them who diligently seek him. He has no favorites. Jew and Greek. Black and white uneducated and educated. He doesn't care. I mean, think about it. We, we took a, a Sunday on this a month or so ago. Rahab, the prostitute, had no right to the covenant. But she said, I know you people serve the one true God. And I'm not going down with this city. I want to join you and your God. She had no right to him. This is before Christ. She was a pagan in a pagan land that God had given the word to destroy that city. She said, not me. I want me and my family to live. And what did Joshua tell her? Okay, then take a scarlet cord, which represented what? Drape it out of your window. And when the walls of Jericho fall, your house will be touched, will not be touched. And God kept the word. And Rahab is in the lineage of Christ. So even if you're a wicked person from a wicked family, it only takes one person in a family to say enough is enough. I'm not living this way anymore. And God will make good on what you believe. He's looking for who to save, not who to kill. God's angry with the world. Yeah, he was. And then he sent Jesus to die and fulfill his anger. And this is the wonderful news we have to tell others. That if you'll repent of your sin and receive him. You have heaven when you die. And you have the blessing of Abraham while you're here. If you've experienced that, can you say amen? Why is it important? Why am I making a big deal about this? Because the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. They're going to put it up on the screen. Proverbs 23, 18. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. What you expect in life is what you experience. You have friends, and I'm not being crude. I live in Pittsburgh. This is a common thing. How's it going? Same S-H-I-T. That's, I was raised here. That's what you do. You put yourself down. You put your business down. Ah, same thing, you know. Everything. And that's what they reproduce. But if you get your expectation that whether I have it or not right now, I can have what God said. Listen now. I can have what God said I can have. I can look through that book and find out what God said belongs to me and I can have it. 
And I don't have it. Neither did the spies. God told them that land belonged to them. Ten said, we can't do it. Two said, if the Lord's with us, we can have it. And the ten that said we couldn't, didn't get it. And the two that said we could, got it. It's not up to God. God's already done everything he's going to do. It's up to you to believe his word and act on it. Say it so heaven can hear you. Say, I believe. And so I don't care what I look like right now. I don't care whether my life reflects this or not. I'm going to start walking the path that brings it to pass. Can you say amen? Wherever your soul, the sole of your foot will tread, you'll be on land that I've given you. The expectation of the righteous will not be cut off. What you don't expect, you'll never experience. What you don't confront, you'll never conquer. What you don't resist has a right to remain. What you don't expect, you'll never experience. Well, whether God ever heals me or not, you won't get it. There has to be something that you get in that word. The hundreds of people that testified that they were healed two weeks ago started to hear it from the word. Oh, I don't have to be sick. Oh, Jesus' blood didn't just remit my sins. He carried all my sickness and all my disease. I can have that. And as soon as they believed, there it went. What you don't expect, you'll never experience. That's why religion, religion is the king of getting you to not expect anything. Whether he does anything or not. What do you mean whether he does anything or not? You ever read the Bible? God's just in continuous motion. Continuous blessing. Looking for who to bless. Second Chronicles 16, 9 in the Old Covenant. The eyes of the Lord search continually through the whole earth. Looking for one whose heart is fully given to him, that he might show himself strong on their behalf. Second Chronicles 16.9. The eyes of the Lord aren't looking for who to kill. He's looking for whose heart is given to him, that he might show himself strong on their behalf. People took off work and volunteered at church for 80 hours in a week. And left with their children healed. Their business is exploding within, within 10 days. Hasn't even been a month. God's not looking for who to curse. You know, they keep inviting me to go to that revival today church. If I go there, God will kill me. If he wanted to kill you, he could kill you at home. He doesn't have to wait until you get on his property like it's the Gambino family and you have to be in his place on Staten Island. And if anybody from the Gambino, I'm just making an illustration. Everybody's got to eat. No, God's not looking to hurt you. He's looking to help you. Do you hear me? God is not looking to hurt you. He's actively looking to help you. Somebody's going to receive their divine help today in Jesus' mighty name. What you don't expect, you'll never experience. What you don't resist has a right to remain. If I don't know that the Bible says I can have health and long life, then I'm not going to have any resistance to any diagnosis that tells me otherwise. Hey, your kidneys are shutting down. Yeah, that sounds right, because I had an aunt that had that, my dad's side of the family too. I actually don't care what the heart history of my family is. I don't even know, because my family never checked. My grandfather went in when he was 81. They took him to the doctor for like the first time. They said, how come there's no record of his heart attacks? He said, three major heart attacks. We can see the scars on his heart. He just like toughed it out. My Pentecostal grandmother went, Nick was saying his, his chest was hurting. Yeah, he had a massive heart attack. 
Here, here's some Vicks VapoRub. You'll be just fine. I don't care what the hard history of my family is. I don't care. I have an expectation of how my life is supposed to be that's built on the Bible, not positive thoughts. Positive thoughts are, you know, if your belief for a better tomorrow is based on a good vibes bumper sticker, you're in equal jeopardy with the negative thinking people. This is not a good vibes bumper sticker. This is not a positive mentality. This is God saying to you, if you're interested, you can come into covenant with me and be blessed. So then you have a resistance. What you don't confront, you'll never conquer. You think something's normal, hey, you know, when kids become teenagers, then no, 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 no. I confront rebellion. I confront with my faith, any activity of the enemy to destroy my marriage or my home. What God's joined together, let nothing tear apart. I'm not going through a bad time. All these teachings you hear from the church, how you know we go through dry seasons. You don't have time to go through a dry season. You only get, the Bible says life is but a vapor here today. Why would you allow the devil a year and a half? No, no, no. I was fruitful as a teenager. I was fruitful as a child. I led my friends in Hunting Ridge in, in Bridgeville to the Lord that were older than me. I brought them to see Thief in the Night about the tribulation. When I looked at them, they were already white, but now they were very white. They never heard about the tribulation. They said, is that real? I said, yes. They said, will we go through that? I said, you will. Do we have to? No. What do we have to do? Receive Jesus. I would like to do that right now. I was fruitful as a child. I was fruitful as a teenager. I became a youth pastor at 19. The other youth pastor quit. They had nobody to give it to in Boston. They gave it to me. We had three teenagers. I passed out the Billy Graham, Operation Andrew, pray for seven of your friends, invite them in the thing we're going to do in six weeks. I had a rapper come up and rap, a Christian guy, and then I preached. And it went from three to eight. Then we ran it again. Went from eight to what? 17. Felt like I was lighting the world on fire because those three teenagers were all the teenagers in the church. Then we needed a van to go do pickups for how many teenagers were coming in a year and a half because you're ordained for the top. You're a child of God. You're to be fruitful as a child. You're to be fruitful as a teenager. You're to be fruitful as a young adult. You're to be fruitful as 30 and 40. You're to be fruitful in your 50s and 60s and extra fruitful in your 70s, 80s, and 90s. And I'm preaching this to you hard today because everything you're going to hear on TV, on commercials, is going to have you ready for the opposite. Every commercial is about debt, sickness, death, you're going to get 120 hours after you leave my presence, other than when you're sleeping, getting you to expect the bottom. Expect trouble. My daughter was two years old. You know, I lost count of how many people said to me, boy, she really loves you. She's two. Wait till she gets older and gets a boyfriend. Thank you, Lucifer. Thanks for the word. You should start the worst fortune cookie company of all time. Why do people, let me ask you a question. Why do people feel free to come out of the woodwork and speak evil over your life? And then if somebody rises up like Joshua and Caleb to tell you, all Joshua and Caleb were doing were reminding them what the Bible said. No, no, no. 
No, there are giants in the land. But if the Lord's with us, the Lord knew those giants were there. We can go at once and take it. And the people spoke of stoning Joshua and Caleb. It's no different today. Do you speak unbelief? Nobody has. If I did a 20-minute message today, I'd be the least controversial church in Pittsburgh. I, I know how to do it. How many know things don't always work out? How many know there's storms in life? How many know though we pray, their prayers don't always get answered? And sickness comes to all of us, but you just have to trust Him. What does that mean? You sound like your sermon was written by AI, by Chat GPT. You just typed in discouraging sermon on Chat GPT. What do you mean trust Him? I do trust him. Do you know what he did? Do you know what the hymn that I trust did? He wrote a book. It's called the Bible. It's a powerful book. It's so powerful that every government that wants to enslave people has to make it priority one to ban the reading and preaching of this book. Because once it gets into your heart, nobody can ever make you a victim. You realize I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and never beneath. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when I come in and blessed when I go out. So I don't have some kind of blind trust in quote him. I trust his word. Attend unto my word, for it is life unto your flesh and radiant health unto your bones, strength to your marrow. Can you say amen? When you understand that winning in life, having victory is not a function of luck, good attitude, positive vibes, it's a blood covenant that you have with God. Then the last defeat you suffered at the hands of the enemy will be the last. You will trample on his head for free. You'll trample on the wicked as if they were dust under your feet. That's what I see you doing the back half of this year, whether the devil likes it or not. If you believe it, shout a living amen. Somebody say no dry seasons. Somebody say no valleys. Somebody say no defeat. No dry seasons. Turn to Psalm 1. The first Psalm. Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Oh, the joys of those who don't follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord. They delight in what? The Bible. We're a presence-driven church. No, 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 no. The Word. God's presence is wonderful. It's here right now. But you can't build a ministry on God's presence because that's subjective. You build it on His Word. Delight on, I mean, every scripture I'm reading to you is pointing you back to the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Amen. That's right. You can. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ole. Yeah. His word is life. His
his word. It's why every evil government official has their crosshairs on this book, but you can't take it down. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God abideth forever. You want to be a radical? You don't have to have an earring through your nose. You don't have to have some insane haircut. Just walk around like this. Can you say amen? They delight in the law of the Lord. They meditate on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank. In every season, they bear fruit. New Living Translation. In, say with me, in every season, he bears fruit. His leaf also shall not wither. And there it is again. Joshua 1, Psalm 1. Whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. Anything you put your hand to is blessed. If you want to bless your food today, just stick your finger right in the appetizer. Let's say, Nancy, would you bless the food? Sure. It's blessed. I'm going to say, whatever I touch is blessed. Say, in every season, I bear fruit. My leaves never wither. So there we get into it again. God told Joshua, no one will be able to stand before you successfully. Then he said, your leaves, people will rise up to try. I won't let them. Deuteronomy 28, though your enemy attacks you from one direction, I will make them run from you in seven. That's why we've never attacked anybody at this church and we've never defended ourselves from anybody. There were people, when we had 700 and some people show up last Easter, a church with a rainbow flag in one of the towns here photographed how many people there were and turned us into the city. I never visited the pastor. I never did anything. It, it all, I just kept going forward. You just keep going forward. And then the Lord's job is to defend me. He's the one that said, vengeance is... Yeah, don't you do it. Yeah, somebody didn't start their car from the deacon board of that other church and it blew up. No, don't you do it. He didn't just say vengeance is mine. He didn't say vengeance is mine, I won't repay. He said vengeance is mine, I will repay. That's where people miss it. Soon as they like the faith message, that's what I'm preaching. I like that because you feel, you feel it in your spirit. Then the first little bit of adversity comes. Oh. You don't, again, I'm going to have you say this 10 times before we leave. Say it. Never mistake a challenge for a defeat. No. They don't have the capacity. That's why they're talking instead of doing. I, I, I already went through that. You, you should have caught me. If you want to take me out, you should have got to me six years ago. I, I preached meetings every day during COVID. Packed. All over. Places where you weren't allowed more than 20 people in the building. Had 880 people in a 600-seater. I've already been through that. We're gonna, if you do that, then we're going to arrest you tomorrow. Arrest me today. How come you know, if something's illegal, if you're doing 100 in a 60-degree, 60-mile-an-hour zone, they don't say, oh, if you, we catch you doing that tomorrow, we're going to arrest you. <laughs> if something's illegal, then arrest me now. The fact that you're not doing it now shows you don't have the capacity to do it. 
You're hoping I back down on my own because you don't have the power to do what you're saying you're going to do. The devil is a great threatener, but a poor executioner. Always call his bluff. Always do what David did. Step up and say, oh, no, my friend. You're not going to take me out, but I'll take you out. For I'm not coming to you with sticks and stones. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord whom I serve. I'll give you one more chance to bow. They'll always give you one more chance. Because if you don't bow on your own, they can't do it. Or I'll throw you in the fiery furnace. Let them throw you in. Watch what happens. Daniel and the lions then. You keep praying. We'll throw you. All right, do it. Lions don't eat other lions. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he lives on the inside of you. What happens to others is not permitted to happen to you because you have a blood covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I went to the New Jersey shore uh, last week after what no eye has seen. There were three Orthodox Jewish teenagers, young, like 12 to 14. You should have seen them bossing around the worker at the ice cream stand. The kid was like 13. Is this kosher ice cream? You know, the, kid, the guy's like 19. Uh, I don't know words. <laughs> he said, I think it is. He said, do you have the certificate? Yeah. When he got the certificate, handed it to this 13-year-old kid. He goes, this is just a laminated paper from Ben and Jerry's. Do you have the certificate from the rabbi? Yeah, I watch three kids that are taught that they live in this world, but they're set on high above all the nations of the earth. That 13-year-old was running that ice cream shop. I don't like that. They don't care what you like. Any more than Israel cares what Palestine thinks about them building developments. That's their land. And somehow that mentality got lost when we went from Malachi into Acts. It never got transferred over to the Gentile believers. That Joshua, David, Solomon, Elijah mentality. Tell the king to come here. That, that, no, please, I need, can you help? The Gentiles never got what was in the Jewish people. But this church is going to get the whole thing from Genesis to Revelation, that you're anointed by God for this final hour of time. And if every government agency makes up their mind to shut you down, you can't curse what God has blessed. I said you can't curse what God has blessed. And I see a people here that are blessed by God, that have God's hand on their life. You're going higher whether the devil likes it or not. Come on, if you receive that one more time, take 15 seconds, clap your hands, give God a mighty shout out in say out loud in every season they bear fruit every job you work has a season that they allot to be a poor season nobody buys homes at christmas time what, what was it for selling cars what was the month that was supposed to be a bad one christmas christmas nobody buys cars you know, if you're a pastor, there's a season you're not supposed to expect growth. Every season. In winter, the roads are bad. In the spring, everyone goes out to the lake. In the summer, everyone's on vacation. In, so, in the fall, everyone's going back to school. 
and they get what they expect. When we did what no eye has seen, I had some of my staff tell me, I said, let's not do it on the 4th of July because that's a holiday and people are traveling. I said, yes, and they can travel here. Freeze people up to travel here. See, when you see, the, when you see it right, where other people see limitation, you see possibility. When other people are selling their equipment, you're buying their equipment for pennies on the dollar. When people are tossing their stocks out, you're buying them up because you see increase while others are focused on fear. Everybody say, I don't have fear. Say, I have faith. No dry seasons. Can you imagine having, I mean, no, we all go through dry seasons. Watch the we part. I'm only going through wet seasons. Bring forth the former and the latter rain together. And after I have sent my rains again, I'll send bright clouds that will rain on you. I'm blessed. Blessed in January. Blessed in February. Blessed all through the summer. The fall is going to be the best autumn I've ever had. This Christmas in November is going to be the best Thanksgiving and Christmas. You're going to have the best. You will never have a better last year for the rest of your life. I said you're never going to have a better last year for the rest of your life. You're never going to have a repeat of one year to another year. You're going higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. And when people think you've gone too high, God's going to show you a new height. From glory to glory, victory to victory, and strength to strength. If you believe it, shout, I receive it. No dry seasons. Number two, everybody say no valleys. Psalm 84, 7. Psalm 84, 7. They go from... This isn't study hall at public school. You can speak. They go from... From strength to weakness? From strength to what? How many of them? How many? Who do what? And Zion's a type of the New Testament church. Hebrews, book of Hebrews. Zion, the church of the firstborn. All those that appear before God. There's something imparted into you that causes you to go from strength to strength. Now I'm telling you this practically, not like in ghost fantasy world. There are people here that will be stronger at 65 than you were at 45. There's people that will be living your healthiest, strongest life at 68, 72 than you were when you were 45, 50. Yeah. Because the more you're in God's house, the stronger you get. Keep going. Uh, so keep, keep it up. Go to verse 8. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Keep going. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in your courts. It's talking about coming to God. I mean, a church isn't important. Why do you think Dr. Fauci had his crosshairs on church? Never heard anything about Buddhist temple regulations, Hindu temple regulations, Islamic regulations. No, 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 no. We ask churches not serve communion. I never asked you. Go back to looking in a microscope or whatever you do. We ask churches not to meet at this time. Don't care what you ask. We ask churches not to sing. Never asked your opinion. 
Why did the devil know that to get the cities of America on fire and people shooting each other in the streets, you have to shut this down? Because every time we do this in obedience to God, this is not my idea. This is God's idea for Christians to come in their numbers and lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting and sing praises unto God and sit under his word. And as they do, there's a strengthening that comes on the inside. Where's the lady that got her vision back? Oh, you too? There's more than one? Yeah, I was so excited. All right, let's hear. Um, Where I, are you from, here? Yes, from, from Oakdale. Um, I was looking through a glass block window since January 15th, two retinal detachments, a cataract removal. Dr. Paula Nietzsche said, pray. I turned to my husband, I said, oh my gosh, I can see. I came up and he said, dear girl, let's do a lap. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you. So you, can, you, you have good vision now out of the eye. Yes. Yeah. Give Jesus a big hand clap. That's news to me. Congratulations. Yes, yes. Then with you, what happened? I didn't have any color in my right eye. And I didn't know that for months because I don't walk around with my left eye closed. But when I realized I didn't have any color, I made an eye appointment saw three different specialists who could not diagnose what was wrong, but told me it's improbable that you will ever have color in that eye again. But what I never testified to, and I want to right now, the things that happened by seeing these three different specialists, I came to know I don't have a brain tumor, I don't have a tumor behind my eye, I don't have macular degeneration, and I don't have, what's the other one I'm trying to remember? Glaucoma. Glaucoma, thank you. So I praise God for that and I said, Lord, if you heal me, wonderful. If you don't, I'm okay with this. And you prayed for me, you laid hands on my eye and I'm starting to regain the color and it's almost all back. Praise God. You're sure it was me? Yeah, I might start doing this full time. Now those are two, how about, now, these are regular people here from Pittsburgh, as am I. How many of you could testify? I don't mean like you used to be itchy and now you're less itchy. I'm talking about like a, a, a healing in your body, a strengthening in your body, or a tangible miracle in your body. How many of you could testify in a court of law that you've received that at some point in the last 18 months? Put your hand up high. So we could pass the mic around until 2 p.m. And I do that just to make an illustration that when the Bible says they go from strength to strength, all those that appear, put the last verse back up that you had. They go from, behold, they go from strength to strength, every one of them in Zion that appears before God. Let me see verse nine. Behold, O God, our shield, look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Eleven. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. You know, we're worshiping a living God. We're hearing the word of a living. You're not like praising a statue, Thomas Jefferson, paying honor to something that happened in the past. God is a living God. So when you appear in his house and he has life, he is life. There were people on the Saturday morning meeting. It was a teaching meeting and the Holy Ghost started flowing. There's someone here with a problem in this eye. There's somebody here that's deaf in their ear. And people were getting healed just sitting at a lecture. 
The word of God is life. You cannot make a habit of sitting under it and remain the same. Oh, no. You go from strength to strength. Keep going. Psalm 84. Blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Let me see 11. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. How many good things will he withhold? Yeah. Is healing a good thing or a bad thing? Will he withhold it? Is poverty good? No. Is having more than enough good? Yeah. So God won't withhold it if you walk uprightly. He won't give it to you if you're living in sin. There's people here, the only reason you're still alive is you didn't have enough money to kill yourself on drugs. You were poor. You were a poor drug addict. If you were a rich drug addict, you'd have died. So money fuels what's in a man. So God's not going to lavish money on somebody that's going to kill themselves with it. But when you start walking uprightly, then you start, you're a blessing everywhere you go. I see you being a blessing everywhere you go in Jesus' name. One more time, give the Lord a great big hand clap. Shout it out loud. No dry seasons. Somebody say no valleys. Put Proverbs 4.18 up. Proverbs 4.18. No valleys. But the path of the just. Everybody say that's me. Is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter. Until the perfect day. Not bright than dawn. It's making a comparison of the sun rising in the morning till high noon. The sun doesn't go like this in the sky. The sun goes and you. So the Bible's saying the path. You know I love this scripture because it's telling me what my life's going to be. The church will be stronger when I'm 50 than it is when I'm 42. If Jesus tarries when I'm 58, we'll be having our best meetings. Look at Rodney Howard Brown. Installing balconies at 61, 62. Jesse Duplantis, 74, reached 53 million people on YouTube. Just turned 74. You don't have to back up. There's a lot of money to be made off of people convincing you that you have to get weak at 50. You can't sell medication to strong people. You can't sell medication to weak people. The world wants you focused on weakness. But listen to your pastor today. The strength that was in Caleb. The strength that was in Joshua. The strength that caused Moses to climb Mount Nebo at 120. That is the inheritance of all that serve the God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His eye was not dim. His strength was not abated. Receive that today. If you believe it, shout, I receive it. Everybody say, no defeat. We already read it, Joshua chapter 1. And I already went through the examples that people like to use that are addicted to defeat. What about Paul? What about Job? What about Job? How does it end? At the end of Job, is he covered in boils? Or did the Lord give him back double everything he had and healed him of all his disease? And the whole ordeal lasted 18 months, and then he lived 140 years after that. True or false? Read the whole Bible. This guy's telling everybody God's going to bless him. My Bible tells me Paul was thrown in prison. Yep. 
at about 11 o'clock. And by midnight, he was out of prison and had started a church. Bible scholars tell us the jailer in Philippi became the pastor of the Philippian church. What the devil means for bad. If you're here today and you're going through the hardest time of your life and the stuff I'm preaching sounds like fairy tale, don't you allow the devil to build your life theology on your worst time in life. Build it on the word of God because you're not going to stay in that valley. You're not staying in the lion's den. You're not staying in the fiery furnace. You're not staying in prison. The Lord that broke Paul out, the angel that broke Daniel out, he's going to break you out. Today you're coming out in Jesus' mighty name. Put Isaiah 61, 7. For your shame, ye shall have double. And for confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. And everlasting joy shall be unto them. Isaiah 61, 7. For your shame, you shall have double. They shall possess the double. And God restored unto Job how much? Yeah, it wasn't like some random number God picked. It's a Bible law. That billboard that we took out on Interstate 376, what does it say? When the devil starts messing, God starts. See, if you listen to what I'm preaching, even when you see the devil flare up, you realize, oh, I'm on the brink of a miracle. I knew when 2020 hit and they were trying to lock the church down, I know the devil. Paul said, we're not unaware of his strategies and devices. I knew, the devil knew, that what we're seeing right now was about to happen. The greatest explosion of Christianity on the face of the earth and in the United States of America. And he thought, I'm going to try to stop it. But the devil did what he does best. He tried to stop it and failed. And now there's people by the hundreds in this church that in 2019, you never would have come to church. But what the devil meant for bad, woke you up, took the blinders off your eyes. You said, wait a minute. This Bible's real. This Antichrist thing's real. And here you are today in church because the devil might attack, but he doesn't get the final say. Who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. Come on, I don't hear anybody in this dome. Put those anointed hands together. I hear the sound of the armies of the Lord. Come on, make a joyful noise in here. Somebody shout double. Mr. John Castellano, come see me. This guy, I've known him. I met him the same year I met Adonis. I've known him a little over 20 years. You can be seated. I'll, I'll dismiss you shortly. Stay with me. He went through a very rough time a year ago. And he came back to church and said, you'll never see me not here again. He got out of the house of God. Things got squirrely, as they say in Louisiana. And then he said, okay, I realize where things went south. You will never not see me here. Then he started that car detailing business. How many months ago? Two and a half months ago with no clients, no anything. And now he's having to look into hire people. Two and a half months. Everybody say double. Stay here. 
Do you know why I'm telling you that about him? He didn't come back to church. Now, if he had some pastor, hey, it's not that easy, brother. You can't, go, you can't go out in the world for a year and then come back and expect God to. Yeah, don't take advice from people that look like they were baptized in pickle juice. Tell you, people want things from God right now, but God's a God of process. No, what are you talking about? He didn't break Paul out of prison over time. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the chains of every prisoner fell off, and the doors of every prison came open. Soon as you come back, God will help you. Soon as you're ready, God's been waiting. That's the whole story of the prodigal son. He thought he was going to have to talk his way back into the house. And while he was yet afar off, the father saw him and ran to him. Not said, okay, have one of the assistants tell him he can come and eat with us. No, no, the father himself. Put my robe on him. Put my ring on his finger, for my son was dead, but now he's alive. He's come home. Yeah. Somebody say double. Do you know God isn't only going to help you get out of the mess you're in? He'll make the devil sorry he ever touched you. He'll give you twice as much as what the enemy took. You, by the end of this year, and most of you won't even take that long, just for the slower people, by the end of this year, you will be at your highest peak you've ever been in life, and that's why I'm preaching what I'm preaching today. Because I don't want you to have an old religious expectation when you're at that peak. Well, I can't stay. No, no, no. You can go even higher. You know when God told Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3, I'm going to make you rich? Solomon was already rich. He was the king. I said, no, I, think, I know you think you know what a mountaintop is. You haven't even seen what a mountaintop is. Thank you, Johnny. Very proud of you. Revival car detailing. There, I tell you this from the Lord. There's people in this room right now that think they're at the top. But God, like Solomon, is going to show you a new top. Now, if you've been coming to church here, we felt like we were late in the... I could go back through my texts with my mom and dad. 350! Exclamation point. We broke 400. We broke five. Just keep We broke six. We broke 700. We won't go past that. <laughs> then you go to drive to the meeting last week, and the place was full with 400 people outside, nowhere to park. You have to run shuttles. There's people here from Abu Dhabi. That's a long drive. That's a long camel ride. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard. You can quit when you want, but God won't quit. God doesn't know how to say, okay, I don't really have anything else. Oh, no, no, no. As high as you want to go, baby. As far as you want to go. Then he'll just keep giving you instructions. Strip this off, do this. Mold you, shape you. And if you'll keep reaching for the top like that, it'll keep sin out of your life. I don't have time to sin. I don't. If I wanted to, I'd have to break appointments with people. There's no time. My time is scheduled increasing. So people think the faith message and the holiness message are two different messages. They're not. In the season when kings went to war, David stayed home. That's when he fell into sin with Bathsheba. If he'd have been out taking more land, nothing ever happens. There's no time to have an affair when you're killing people. What a terrible illustration, but you get the point. <laughs> 
somehow it went over. So, what an awful thing for a pastor to say. Sometimes I see a couple leave when I'm preaching. I think, you know what? I don't blame you. <laughs> if you keep reaching, who told you you have to be small? Who told you life doesn't always work out? That's not a scripture. How you know life has a funny way? That's not a scripture. There's no scripture that begins with those words. Life is what you decide to make it. Death and life are in the power of whose tongue? That's why I've been getting you to say something out of your mouth today. No dry seasons. No defeat. No valley. Now, Jonathan, I saw that you, your church broke 500 people. That's kind of like a plateau. You'll probably plateau there. No, it's not a scripture. Going higher. There's not time to plateau. Jesus is coming very soon. Very soon. These three years, 2023, 2024, and 2025, are years that we have with divine acceleration to do something like a lifetime, a lifetime's worth of work in three years if we'll get in the flow. Not plateauing, not have a dry season. No, no, our church grows in the summertime and Pittsburgh's not a vacation destination. There's not people in, in Utah saying, let's go to Kennywood. <laughs> we grow in the summer. We had some of our biggest crowds when it was six degrees. Does anybody remember when the city got that business to illegally break their parking agreement with us to try to freeze our church out so there was nowhere to park? So <laughs> say out loud what the devil means for bad. God will give me a plan to turn it for good. You know what I thought? If the devil's trying to make this, uh, what did we do? We didn't get shuttles. What did we get? Limousines. Looked like adult prom. Dropping our church members off from the parking down the street in stretch limousines. Whoever was mad about the growth of our church, I want to know how much blood pressure medication they had to go on when we had a fleet of limousines driving our people into the parking lot. Oh, no. Whatever the devil's trying to thwart, go twice as hard. Make the devil. You will possess the double. So the thing the devil tried to do to make us regress caused us to grow. There are people coming to church just because they'd never been in a limo before. They're from Greene County. We had tons of people attending from Greene County. I'm in a limousine. Shoot, man, this is living. What religion is this again? <laughs> oh, yeah. When active steps were taken to stop the growth of this church, we grew more. That's the Abrahamic covenant. When they stopped up Jacob, Isaac's wells, he increased more. You can't, not you, not you won't, you can't curse what God has blessed. And I want you to leave here today knowing you are blessed. No, 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 lose all that. If you love Jesus and you've turned your back on sin, the blessing of the Lord is on your life. The blessing of the Lord's on your house. And anybody that's trying to curse you, they're not dealing with you. They're dealing with God. They don't have the capacity to take you out. Lift your hands all over this place. In the name of Jesus, I pronounce as a servant of the Most High God, a blessing from God's word on your life, 
on your family, on your endeavors. No dry seasons, no ups and downs, just ups and ups. And anything the enemy's doing to mess with you right now, as we wrote on that sign, when the devil starts messing, God starts blessing. They thought they were putting Paul in prison, but instead it just started a huge church in the city. What the devil's meaning for bad, God's going to turn it for good. The blessing of the Lord's going to overwhelm everything that looks like a curse in your life this week. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Very quickly. I want to give you some practical things before we dismiss. To actualize this. How do you make sure you don't have any dry seasons? No valleys, no defeats. Number one, never mistake a challenge for a defeat. They said they're going to sue you. Okay, that's words. Just because someone says they're going to do something doesn't mean they can pull it off. I don't care how high up they are. Well, he's head of this. You think God's impressed with his little laminated name tag and his khaki pants? God's been putting people in the ground that were rulers of whole continents. Amen? Number two, change backward thinking to forward thinking. Never base your life's thinking on your greatest tragedy. Loss of a child, divorce, bankruptcy. Don't allow the devil to freeze that, that everything you believe is based around that. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to give you a hard shot. And then now from that point, yeah, I know they preach that, but then for me, no, 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 no. That happened. But I'm going to have what God's word said, and God's going to take me out of this pit and put me on top in Jesus' name. Number three, say out loud, decisions determine destiny. A change of seasons is always one seed away. I can change the season I'm in by one action I took. I took an action from this church to sow a million-dollar check to Pastor Rodney's church. It's been different seasons since then. If you, don't like, if you don't like what you've been eating, change the seed you're sowing. Make a move. You're in the driver's seat. Don't wait for God. Behold, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Oh, that you would choose life, that you and your descendants might live. Number four, cling to Christ. Cling to his word and cling to his house. I preach that same thing when I pastored no church, when I was an evangelist and it didn't make a bit of difference to me in the natural whether anybody went to church or not. I was leaving and going to another church the next week. I'm telling you, the secret recipe is don't allow anything to separate you from God, his word, and his house. The devil doesn't get you out of God's house with fentanyl. Hey, don't go to church this morning. Take this instead. No, no, no. It's not going to start off that way. It starts off with moms having a birthday party Sunday morning. That's the only day my brother and I have to fish. Little things where it doesn't sound like you're choosing hell, but you are. There's 168 hours in a week. If you can't carve out three to be in God's house, you can't call him your God. But when you do, like you did today, you're on the right path. It's very hard to go to hell sitting in a church like this. Very hard. Can you say amen? amen. Number five, 
Don't be Jonah. No matter how anointed you are, if you're on a boat headed out of the will of God, you never become so anointed that you can get out of God's will. Don't be on a boat headed in the wrong direction. And if you have Jonah's on your boat, throw them overboard. That's what they did in the Bible. Don't be out of God's will personally. And then if you're trying to go forward with people in your boat that are against God, you're going to have a rough time. If the sea is choppy, there's a problem. If the sea water of your life is always rough, something's wrong. Who's around you? Keep careful evaluation of who's around you. They that walk with the wise will grow wise themselves, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Who's in your life? You can't drag people forward that are committed to going backwards. Take careful evaluation of who you surround yourself with. Number six, get rid of sin instead of allowing sin to get rid of you. Sin destroys everything it touches. Adultery, fornication, that's sex outside of marriage. Alcohol, alcohol causes problems. It impairs decision making. And most people don't make good decisions sober. You don't need to put things in the mix that make it worse. Uncontrolled anger. You surrender those things to God. The wages of sin is? Some people have one area in their life they've never surrendered to God. And that's the thing the devil uses like a chain he has. And when you start advancing, he just gives that chain a tug. But you can, you can knock all those chains off today. And some of you are going to knock that last chain off today. The Lord's going to give you power over sin instead of sin having power over you. The Lord's going to give you victory over sin instead of sin having victory over you. Stand on your feet, everybody. Every head bowed, every eye closed. There's two ways to live life. There's your way, which is difficult. Your own way has a price tag with it. That price tag's depression, anxiety, thoughts of suicide, all the stuff you see advertised on every afternoon TV show, every evening TV show. Do you have trouble sleeping at night? Do you suffer with anxiety? Do you have this thought? Yeah, your mind is being destroyed by sin. Sin doesn't have peace. Sin brings pain. Some of you that are here today, I'm not saying this to expose you. Part of what a church does is to throw a lifeline into the water for those that are drowning. Some of you, you don't need another medication. You need, you need to turn your back on sin and tell the devil, me and you are done permanently and come to Jesus Christ. God won't, God won't expect you to live his way on, in your own power. As many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons and daughters of God. Won't you do that today? Why keep going your own way? There's people that are here, you're at the end of yourself. There's no relief from the pain that sin's bringing into life. And so a message like the one I preach sounds like a fairy tale. But nothing works till you come into covenant with God.
Turn your back on sin. I'm done with my own way of doing things. I'm going to live like the Bible says. I'm going to live like Bill Gates doesn't want me to. And the World Economic Forum and the United Nations. Everything they're trying to make mankind do. I'm going to go the Bible way instead. And if you'll do that, God will give you power to live a righteous life in the face of a wicked world. Unending power. Overflowing power. Power that never runs dry. Some of you, if you'll get saved today, your children will never have to know one of the battles that you knew growing up because they're going to have a dad that's different. They're going to have a mother that's different. But you have to decide. Don't choose death. Some of you stand in your white seat is a choice of death. I'm going to stay with the crowd. I'm not ready. You'll never be ready. God doesn't say get your life cleaned up and come to me. He says come just as you are. Give me your sin. Give me your life. Give me your mistakes. And I'll bury them. And I'll give you new life. What are you going to do? Which way are you going to go? You're going to stay in your seat and pick the easy way? Or are you going to say, no, I'm coming out of the crowd today. I make up my mind. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And not some American version of Christianity. I'm going to serve. I'm going to live according to the Bible, just how it's written. No westernized version of it. And I make up my mind today. All the devil has to do to get you destroyed is to put this off one more hour. You know, give me another week. No, no, no. Now is the appointed time. Today is the day of salvation. God's calling right now. You've lived in the devil's camp long enough. Tell him goodbye. Leave here as light as a feather. Know the meaning of the scripture. Oh, the joy of those whose sins are forgiven, whose record of iniquity is canceled out never to be remembered again. If you're here and you say, Jonathan, that's me. I need to do that, and I'm doing that today. I'm going to pray with you. You'll be glad you did. I'm going to receive you into God's kingdom on behalf of my father. And your life's going to be different, my friend. If you say, Jonathan, that's me. I'm doing that today. Put your hand up nice and high and wave it because I'm on level ground with you. Put your hand up high and wave it. I'm giving my life to Jesus today. I see your hand. Who else? I see your hands. Who else? The Lord's dealing with your heart. We won't keep you long. We're going to pray together. We're going to get rid of the burden of sin. Who else? Today's my day. I want to make heaven my home. I want to say no to hell. No to the pain of sin. Very quickly, everyone that lifted a hand, come out of your seat and come to the front right now. We're going to pray. Go ahead and sing.
you're still on your way, keep coming. Those of you that are here, congratulations. I want you to lift both hands to the Lord as a sign of surrender. I'm going to give you the words to pray, but this isn't a Christian recital. This is a prayer that when you pray it, a real God hears that prayer. He takes out your old heart and gives you a new heart. He'll take every addiction, every chain, every enslavement of the devil, and he'll do it right now. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I give you my life. I repent of sin. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus is Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive forgiveness by the blood of Jesus. I am saved. I am forgiven. I am clean. In Jesus' name. Keep your hands lifted. Let me bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Whatever the devil used to try to take you out, it departs from your life now. I know you had a close call. God rescued you, and you obeyed his voice to come here today. That chain the devil's wrapped around your life, it drops off of you permanently right now. That's it. Go right through you. In Jesus' name. You'll never battle that again. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You'll never battle that again. You're going to live a long life, you foul devil. You unhand all these people now. They're not your property. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. The little babies be blessed. Little kids be blessed. The big kids be blessed. All the adults be blessed. In Jesus' name. As hard as it was to get ahead, that's how easy it's going to be to go forward. The Lord's going to help you. There's angels that will go with you and protect you and watch over you. The Holy Ghost fills you now. That where you were weak, now you'll have strength. In Jesus' name. I pray for all these young people. All the litany of temptations that will come your way. I pray, Father, that you'd put the same grace on them that you gave me. Where it will have zero appeal to them. In Jesus' name. When your friends invite you somewhere, there's going to be something in you that goes, don't go. And listen to that voice, it'll never lead you wrong. That's the inward witness of the Holy Ghost. God will help you. As sure as I'm standing here in a blue tie, God will be your help from here. This isn't going to be you trying to live a better life. God is going to give you power to live a holy life. In Jesus' name. Welcome to the family of God. Your sins are all forgiven. Your name's written in heaven. And I'm glad. We are here every Sunday at 10 a.m. I would love to be your pastor. I would like that more than anything in the world. So do what those verses said. That wasn't to corral you into going to church, but it, it works. I'm a church boy. It's done well for me. I don't have any regrets. I don't wish I could go back in time and go to prom, uh, any of that. I'm glad I chose this path, and you'll be glad too. It's an upward path. It's an ever-winning path with Christ. More than conquerors. That's what you are. You're going to do great things in life. So stay plugged in here every Sunday at 10 a.m. 
And then if you go on revivaltodaychurch.com, that has all the activities. Put the gun club up real quick. This is one of the ministries that we have. So we have Revival Today Gun Club. Do you have any more pictures or you just creepily photograph the same person over and over again? All right, you did your best. There we go. So we had, how many came out to the gun club yesterday, Jeff? We had over 60 people at Revival Today Gun Club. So you like guns, you like working out, we have Revival Today Fitness, get plugged in. You, you will make friends here. The Bible says to. Make friends with those who call upon the Lord with clean hearts. That's what a church is supposed to provide. Where you're not just you being the only Christian, you live in all, everybody's into drugs and drinking. No, no, no. You can make different friends that are also going up. That's what a church is for. So be a part of this church. I love you very much. Even though I'm yelling at you, I love you. I love you a lot. You're going to do great things in life. See, that's Pastor Augustine. Then these are my friends over here. They're going to give you a gift from the church and bring you right back to your seat. But don't go back to your seat till you meet with them. Go ahead and head that way. Give them a big hand clap as they go. I'm proud of you. I love you. You're happy? Thanks for coming. From where? Uh, I'll tell you. Brock is one of my Brock and Dave are like two of my best friends. Good. Good choice. I'm glad you're here. God bless you. God bless you. Give Jesus a great big hand clap one more time. Come on. Not a 12:30 hand clap, like a big one. Hallelujah! Say it right out loud. The Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Lift your hands one final time today. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. The arrows of the wicked will not come upon you. No overdoses, no deaths, no accidents, no disease. Everything that's listed as a curse in that book, I commit it to depart from your life. And everything that's listed as a blessing, I commit it to be all around you every hour of every day. Peace, joy, righteousness. That's your portion. Receive that today in Jesus' name. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.